Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, how are you doing today? On Tuesday? Good. No, it's Monday. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, Chris, we're recording a little earlier. We usually record on a Tuesday, but uh, this week we recorded on a Monday. So I am fresh from... Getting home from a... A mate had a little do at what can only be described as a kind of like a 90s weekend at Butlins in Bognor Regis. <laughs> oh, God, I know it well. I, <laughs> yeah. How'd it go? Um, it wasn't very good, Chris, but we had fun. <laughs> um, it, it was astonishingly stag-dewy, which we kind of knew it was going to be anyway, but I didn't know how stag-dewy it was going to be. I don't know where all these people come from. I don't know where they're going back to, uh, but they certainly like drinking at nine o'clock in the morning, i tell you that. <laughs> how would you describe Butlins to our listeners that aren't from the UK? And this should be fun um, to hear. It's, it's a holiday camp uh, of the of the the 1960s, 50s sort of thing. It was very <laughs> yeah. much like lost its... like. Lost a lot of money in the seventies. It felt like the arse fell out of the market. Uh, people started going abroad for their uh, for, for their holidays, uh, and so therefore they're in a situation where they, they they couldn't spend a lot of money on uh, you know doing up their camps. So now there's like only about three or four left in the country, and uh, off season because we have terrible weather off season uh, out of summer. Um, it's very much come a place where at the weekends it's got taken over by like music festivals and stuff. So indoor music festivals, mm. you get a chalet, you don't have to camp. Uh, uh, you, and, and, you, and you get to watch some bands and stuff. But this time around, it wasn't really bands, Chris. It was um, boy bands of the late 90s, like uh, 911, uh, a, a girl group by the name of Bewitched and Cleopatra oh, uh, and the Artful Dodger, all. who we all who we I actually remember. remember all of those, those artists. <laughs> Bloody hell, that's quite nostalgic. Bewitched. Well, they, were, they were interesting. Wow. Yeah. Sounds all right. I, uh, I just got back from Sapporo, the first time I've mm. been there since our trip together. And I was doing a video with Connor. And mm. so I love Sapporo. It's such an amazing little city. I say a little, Crisp. it's like Japan's fifth biggest city. But uh, <laughs> we, um, we were doing some filming. I can't say what it is. Secrecy mm. is involved. But uh, on one of our nights out, unrelated to the video, we went to this bar, the very bar that I took you to, which you can watch in the video, guys, where Natsuki kept, keeps electrocuting his fingers on some sort of toy and he keeps losing. <laughs> we went there and there was a poker table and Connor oh. loves poker. 
I used to play poker a lot. And uh, we found our way playing poker for two hours at this, this amazing table. Um, over the course of two hours, looking over the neon-lit Sapporo skyline, it was like a James Bond film. And uh, it was really cathartic and brilliant because Connor won for the first hour. He was doing really well. He was in the lead mm. and he wiped out a few of the players. And I, with, with poker, I'm good and I bide my time. Whereas Connor was like, mm. guns ho, gun blazing, guns blazing. And he sort of knocked out players and got some chips. And then I sort of learned what he was doing. I learned that Connor likes to bluff an awful lot and intimidate mm. other players with his chips, unsurprisingly. And uh, I went all in on like one hand and took all his chips in one foul sweep and yes. switched him from top of the board to winner to loser. And watching him go from like being this arrogant winner to like, well, it's getting late. We should go home now in the, <laughs> in the case of one hand. It was very, very rewarding and very cathartic and reminded me of the brilliance of poker. But what I will say and this is the tragedy of the night, is to buy in, it cost 4,500 yen, about $45, mm. 30 pounds. Uh, and I, in Japan, you can't gamble, right? We all know this. Yeah. You can't gamble. I'm, I'm just, Except I'm just wondering for Pachinko. How, how you, right. So, so could you, in, so you buy in for all that money, what's that, 30 quid or whatever, mm. 35 quid, mm. and you presumably don't get any money out. <laughs> well, I, I, so I won like 100 like a you know hundred dollars worth of chips, basically triple yeah. triple my money. I think double triple yeah. my money. And yeah. I thought I had read it that there was a way they would give you your money back. So with uh, with pachinko, right? You you can't turn your bulls into money. You sort of no. hand in your bulls at the end of a round. You get a little ticket, and then you go about a block away to another building <laughs> to a man who just so happens to want your ticket and will turn yeah. it into money. It's a, just a coincidence. There's no yeah. way it's related or affiliated with a pachinko parlor. And I thought I would get that with the poker and I would double mm. my money somehow. And then I was like, right, money back. I said to the dealer and he was like, no, 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 no money. I was like, what? <laughs> and he basically <laughs> gave me some like Monopoly paper money. And I was like, Yay. you having a laugh? And Connor laughed his fucking head off. He was so happy that uh, <laughs> even though I'd won, I'd walked away with nothing. Although the good news <laughs> is when I do go back to the bar sometime, maybe next week, I uh, I can go back and use my monopoly money to convert it into chips and carry on the game, so to speak. Right, but a uh, little bit annoying. Did want money? Money's it's a little bit annoying because you should be able to exchange that monopoly money for you know new like actual money. That, that's not fair. <laughs> I know, right? Bloody gambling laws, gosh! But uh, I, so hopefully, I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know if I can convert the chips or the, the Monopoly money into like drinks, in which case that would be quite an equitable. Yeah. That'd be quite a good little return, that. After, yeah. It was really interesting. We were playing with this dealer for like two hours and he was really professional. He was quite a young guy. He must have been about 39. He looked about 30. Mm. And uh, I was like, what do you do here then? He's like, oh, I'm the owner of the entire like building. I was nice. like, what? He's like, yeah, I'm just the owner. I was like, are you sure? you? I, I was so like, I was a little bit drunk, a little bit confused. This man was the dealer. And I was like, are you sure you're the owner of this massive bar? It's a big <laughs> bar, you know, got like 20 members of staff. There was 100 people yeah. there. I was like, are you sure you're the, you're, you're the owner? And he was like, yeah, I'm the owner. I just got, he said, I just got bored working behind the bar. So I was like, let's, let's, have, a, let's have a poker table. And so he does poker oh, cool. every night. He runs the poker tables. And that's his new favorite thing. So if you go to <laughs> Sapore, if you go to Flare Bar, it's called, Flair and uh, you happen to see the, the poker dealer by the table, go and play and, uh, and have a chat with him. His name is Shinya. Great guy. Yeah. And I'm sure I'll be back to uh, take more of his imaginary money. We've got a story this week <laughs> from Dave, who says, Hello, Chris and Pete. Hey. Greetings from Essex. 
you can come back here, Chris, but not all that bad, really. Oh, no, not Essex. All my friends are from Essex. <laughs> I don't like Essex. Pete's in Essex right oh. now. Anyway, after almost right pissing myself with laughter at the sheer misery and pain that Chris went through on the latest Crane Game competition video with Connor. God, I hate that video. I thought I'd share an experience <laughs> I had when I first went to Japan and played a machine in the Sega Arcade in Akihabara. I saw at the front of the arcade there were these special machines that had very limited anime figures of the latest film of Evangelion. The idea of the machine was to put a metal rod through a hole to release the prize. Anyway, I joked to a friend that I was great at the Guitar Hero game and thus could win this easily with one go. Well, something crazy happened. Uh, well, some crazy thing happened. I actually did win. Bloody hell. That's, that's quite impressive, Dave, given I did a crane game for like six videos. Uh, sorry, six hours. I spent $500 and I got like a small box of disappointing chocolates. So well done. However, what made this more memorable, says Dave, uh, was the fact the machine started to make a loud celebration noise. The lights were flashing and everyone stopped what they were doing and just looked at me. I was mortified and confused as this was a new experience compared to Britain's machines. And then, if only to make my experience even more embarrassing, there was an arcade lady on her actual knees, at my feet, holding out a bag, congratulating me on my win. This was all rather too much to take in. And having everyone stare at me made my cheeks blush, my heart race and head spin. I calmed down and everyone went back to their business and I took a deep breath and tried to let it sink in what had happened. After regaining my composure, my friend told me about another figure that was also limited, same setup. So I thought, eh, why not? And it happened all over again. Blaring music, people staring, the same lady bowing at my feet, kneeling before me. <laughs> to say this experience was bewildering and embarrassing is an understatement. Uh, have you guys ever had an embarrassing experience like this in Japan? Keep up the good work, Chris. Uh, I love the new studio. Have a great Christmas and Happy New Year to you both and your families. Have a good one. Dave from Essex, Pete's neighbour. Have you ever won <laughs> anything on one of these bloody crane games, Pete? I hate them so much. I I've won a few things, and I did very much enjoy your uh, Conocido Vier and uh, and your little video where you went around and tried to win as much stuff as you possibly could. And uh, you you won uh, you won like a packet of chips. Conor seemed to be more successful with the actual little swords and toys and stuff. But you didn't didn't you win a, a big pipe of Pringles? <laughs> I won a pipe of Pringles. You won a big pipe right of Pringles. in the video. What I didn't know at these crane game arcades is you can ask staff to sort of help you out and be like, oh, sumasen, joto, no, taskate. And they're like, they'll right. move the object slightly closer to the hole so you can get it out. What? And Connor that's was doing cheating. this. Exactly. That's what I said. And he's yeah. been doing this like five or six hours, winning like on an order of magnitude above what I was winning. And I was like, what, what are you doing, Connor? He's like, oh, you just ask them to, to help you and they'll, they'll do it. And it's like, fuck off. It. I did. That's, that's cheating. so naughty. Really that is cheating. Bastard. So, the, the, and, 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 the, the only experience I've had with those machines, you know, the, the ones that you don't see in Japan, you see in in, um, in Britain where uh, the coin, the, the 2P coin or the 10P coin, where you roll it down. I love those ones, it, yeah. It yeah. kind of sit, yeah, it's just kind of like it, it, it goes, moves back and forth and it'll dispense, you know, a certain amount of coins every every, every hour or something because it just gets pushed to the front. Um, I remember when I was a kid, I was like going, hmm, now I need to get those coins out. What <laughs> if I try and lift the machine? Oh um, and of course that's impossible. Of course that's impossible because there's weights in the bottom of the machine to, to stop you from doing that. Uh, and the security guard came over. I was only about eight or nine. He said, <laughs> you know where the door is? And I just had to walk out. <laughs> tail between my legs. No, no 2P coins left. 
What's Pete Donaldson <laughs> and Connor got in common? They're both cheats, ladies and gentlemen. They both <laughs> game the system. Cheaters. Cheating scum. <laughs> I, I hate those machines, yeah. I miss those, though, because in Japan, again, because you can't gamble with money, they don't have the machines mm. where there's literally money hanging off the edge that you have to sort of yeah. bang and, and get off. But <laughs> when I was in this crane game video, doing the, you know doing this video with Connor, I won a big, tall packet of like uh, crisps, this pizza-flavoured crisps, right? I won, I won like two or three tubes. And the way the tubes are, they sort of fall forward in the machine, but they don't come out of the machine. You have to ask someone mm. to help you over. So I asked a member yeah. of staff, I was like, oh, someone said, my, my winnings, can you, can you get them for me? And she was like, yep, yep, no problem. And she opened the cabinet and just put the crisps back on the shelf and shut it. And I was like, what? <laughs> what are you doing? I've just won all that. <laughs> and luckily, another <laughs> member of staff who had a brain came over and was like, oh, chotomate, the guy fucking won the crisps, get him out again. <laughs> It was ridiculous. <laughs> Another time, at the start, I tried to win this Curious George, who's some little weird monkey toy. Little monkey, yeah. I tried to win him for about an hour. I put in like $100 to win mm. a little crappy monkey toy. And then the machine just broke and took all my money and didn't work. And so this poor woman had to come over and open the machine up. And while she was trying to fish out like $100 worth of coins, I just carried on playing <laughs> over the top of her, <laughs> which you can watch in the video. But uh, it's it's not fun. I don't really enjoy crane games they're fun for like five minutes but this yeah. was anything but fun and i i don't want to do it again like i, <laughs> I get physically sick at the sight of a crane machine but i do <laughs> want to play it back at the uk and all this talk of gambling i'd love to go to a, a casino and uh play poker in the uk mm. people take poker so seriously don't they they have like their like you go to a poker table i used to play at my university every thursday and like you go there with your mates for a bit of fun hopefully win some money and have a good night out but like there's people wear like sunglasses and their hats are down. They've got like a baseball cap covering their face yeah. and they like, they won't like smile. They won't show any emotion. They're just there, there to win. And they never win <laughs> because they take well, it the, too the seriously. Thing, the thing about um, a lot of, uh, a lot of poker players is that, that it doesn't matter how good you are. You can, as a beginner, kind of bluff your way through the first few hands sometimes. You can oh, sort you of can, get absolutely. beginner's luck. It's, it's one of the few kind of games like that, that that you can just kind of go, I don't really know what I'm doing and then somehow win. Because my partner used to work on Sky Poker uh, for like five years where she'd just um, mm. sit in a set and and, and uh, talk to uh, poker professionals while the, 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 the online players would be playing. Um, and it was a really difficult job trying to make poker sound interesting for five hours ago um <laughs> and 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 she just kept doing that for ages and uh and i played her at poker and um and i, I think i won the first two and <laughs> she was an expert at it and i was like i don't know what i'm doing he's a nice I, mean, I like that i like that king he looks nice I <laughs> god you're you're my idea of a nightmare when it comes to poker but i i remember i was the same when i went to the poker club with my friends at university in my first year I vivid, I vividly remember winning the first time, like a lot mm. of money. And I, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I was like copying the guy on the left of me. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, all in. Yeah, king. I've got a king of hearts and an ace of nothing. And like, I, yeah, but I, you just win. You can win, unfortunately. In the long mm. run, you can't. But in the short term, you can. But uh, <laughs> but there's nothing, there's nothing like less fun than playing poker with people that don't really know what they're doing because then it just sort of ruins right, yeah. The atmosphere a little bit and uh oh yeah. look at you gatekeeping unbelievable gatekeeping fun wanna, that's who i, I am you only want to play with winners outrageous <laughs> speaking of winners uh, this this week a japanese train driver sued uh jr west japan's biggest second biggest rail company sorry over yeah. uh some money for some wages they took of his um 
as we all know, in Japan, trains are never late. And when they are, it's a national scandal. It's always in the media. <laughs> and uh, a few years ago, I think 2020, um, train company JR West fined a train driver after a work mix-up in June 2020 caused a one-minute delay to operations. A one-minute delay! It's a That's a pretty world-ending thing in Japan. I remember it was a national scandal when the train was like 10 seconds late. So one minute is, is end-of-the-world stuff. It was but like, this train they, driver, they were, right? It was like half a minute early. People got really upset about a oh train my that, God, got, that, that, was, that left half a minute early. That, that was the that one was end we of heard days. over here. End-of-day scenario. A train 30 minutes early. Who'd have thought it? But this train driver, right, he was docked 56 yen. Do you know how much that is, Pete? Do you know what 56 yen is? <laughs> I think it's probably around 30 pence. And you only asked me that because I was drinking my coffee. I'm, for, for once, I'm actually drinking you. a coffee while we're on the shore. <laughs> <laughs> right. So this train driver, he got docked some wages for this, this, this one-minute hold-up. He got docked wages of 56 yen, which is 49 cents or 36 pence. Basically, to put it bluntly, it's fuck all. Um, but he argued that uh, from the distress that uh, JR West caused him from this, uh, he, he argued that it was bad for his mental health and whatnot. So he decided to uh, seek some damages for the mental anguish caused by the ordeal. And the employee is seeking 2.2 million yen, $19,000, £14,000 over this whole debacle of having his wages docked uh, 56 yen. Um, <laughs> apparently, the unnamed man was scheduled to pilot an empty train to Okayama Station in the south of the country, but arrived at the wrong platform while waiting to take over from the previous driver. By the time he realised his mistake and had rushed to the correct platform, the transfer between the two drivers had been delayed by two minutes, leading to a one-minute delay in the train's departure. Uh, so JR West, they docked him his money. Uh, they docked him 85 yen. 75 cents or 55 pence, <laughs> but later agreed to reduce this monumental fine to 56 yen after he went to the Labour Standards Inspection Office. However, the employee refused to accept the reduction and has argued that the delay caused no actual disruption and the, the train was empty anyway. Uh, so he decided, give me 2 million yen, give me $20,000. This is, this is quite an interesting situation because you don't really hear of these sort of legal situations happening in Japan so much. It's very much... Mm. The sort of thing you hear, mainly coming out of America, right, where people are much more uh, likely and willing to take legal action um, over things like this. What do you make it all out of out of all this ridiculousness, Pete? What are your thoughts? Well, yeah, what I mean, you like you say, like you say, you don't hear pence. the story. You don't hear this story very often because people don't generally. Um, People don't generally try and sue their employers, employers, and 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 that's why kind of one of the reasons why uh, employment uh, law is so buggered in Japan. People don't kind of stand up and sort of say, "No, I'm not doing that." You shit peas! I want to. <laughs> that's not fair. What you're doing, and it isn't fair. It's ridiculous. Um, but. I don't know what grounds he's trying to sue on through emotional thing because literally he was late for work. So therefore he knows what happens when you're late for work. He knows the situation that, uh, that, that you're in. If you're late for work, you know what, what those ramifications are and knock on effects are. Um, but so I don't think he's going to win that money to be quite frank. It'll be <laughs> in interesting Okiyama. to see. It will be interesting to see what happens to be honest, but mm. well, it's, it's all a bit farcical. It's all, you know, maybe he did, you know, maybe he did get uh, some bad mental health anguish out of this, but uh, yeah. we will see. But uh, as, as you mentioned earlier, the whole, the train that arrived 20 seconds early, did you know that if a train in Japan is delayed by more than five minutes, passengers are issued with a certificate that they can use as an excuse of being late. So when you turn up to the workplace, <laughs> you can literally tell your boss, it wasn't my fault. 
the train was late. And in the UK, he'd be like, yeah, sure it was. The train, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the train, wasn't it, Pete? It was the train. Why are you always late, Pete? Why are you still here? But in Japan, you get a certificate and you show your boss and they'll go, all right, because it's so bloody rare that you kind yeah. of need to do it. I remember I've, I've tried, whenever I'm late, which happens literally every appointment I have ever, I'm like, oh, it was mm. the train, wasn't it? And they're like, no, it wasn't. I'm like, yeah, no, it, was yeah, it was never the train. The train it was the certificate then. it was. <laughs> I was, uh, yeah. I'll, I should get a little printer and print out certificates whenever I'm late. Just have them in my person. <laughs> just, just print out some fake certificates. But uh, yeah. I think that's kind of cool. And uh, to this day, I don't think I've ever been on any form of Japanese transport that's late. So it's it really does live up to its reputation. If if if, if, the, if I was on a British train and they had to do that every single time, I could wallpaper my oh, fucking God. house with it <laughs> with the certificates. <laughs> All too well, you know, all too well. Uh, We'll be back with the fax machine. Your questions in just a moment. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stresses. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realise that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension. So you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Japan. Hi, I'm Flo Lloyd-Hughes. I'm Rachel O'Sullivan. And I'm Chloe Morgan. Join us every week on our brand new show, Upfront on Football Ramble Presents. We'll get stuck into the biggest stories in women's football every Tuesday from the latest in the WSL. Gareth Taylor said, oh, well, actually, we were playing 3-4-3... 
and we moved to 4-4-3-3. If you look at any of the footage, if you look at the way the players played in that first half, there were four players playing at the back. That sort of comment speaks of a manager who doesn't quite know what they're doing. To how the Lionesses are shaping up ahead of a home Euros next summer. For me, I would pick Lee Williamson. I would just go for it now. For a younger age captain, you've got some big tournaments coming up. I think a lot of players think she's got a really great mentality, gets on with a lot of people. For me, she's a born leader, and I think she will be England captain at some point. And what it's really like being a player in women's football today. From my own experiences of of being in a situation like that, I mean, you know, when we got promoted uh, when I was with Spurs, that was phenomenal. I was, you know, first choice keeper. You know, then you go into the WSL for our first season and all I wanted to do was get WSL experience. Join us every Tuesday for Upfront. Search Football Ramble Presents in your podcast app. Subscribe now. Football Ramble Presents is a stack production. And we're back with the fax machine. What do we got from our listeners this week, Mr. Dawson? We've got a message from Ankit from India. Hope you're doing great, says Ankit. I'll be moving to Japan coming April for university. And my question for you is, how do I get used to eating rice with chopsticks? It's rice. I've been practicing for some time uh, now, and I've reached a decent mileage of one medium-sized ball per hour. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say one medium-sized grain per hour. Uh, please share some tips and tricks on how to master chopsticks, or I might have to st- sustain myself on a diet of chips and uh, G Fuel. Uh, uh, Pete's crisscrossing chopstick holding technique is actually pretty useful. Thank you, Ankit, for the first oh, time. My poor chopstick him. discipline, my poor Ohashi hashes, is, is absolutely just, you know, <laughs> someone actually quite likes it, thinks it's quite useful and easy. Pete, the way you hold chopsticks looks like someone has hit your fucking hand with a mallet. Like, you, yep. you no, Proud. I'm, I'm not, Proud I don't want it. anyone encouraging Proud. Pete Donaldson's questionable Proud. chopstick handling methods. Go and watch any Improving video of Pete Donaldson it. in. Eating it's, with chopsticks. It's a horror this is the history of it's This is hell. the history of chopsticks. People using chopsticks for like a thousand years, two thousand years, probably more. <laughs> uh, and then <laughs> I, I arrive on the aisles five years ago and I'm like, come on, guys, get it together. There's an easy way of doing this. <laughs> no, I, I, I forbid anyone to encourage Pete. He, he can't. <laughs> no. The, you know, I... I was always rubbish with chopsticks. We, you know, we have them in the UK. What am I, is it? Unkits from Eden, India. Don't they have... Mm. They have rice in India, don't they? Basmati? Yeah, is but like... Different? You, 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 Long grain? I mean, you use forks, uh, forks? forks or hands, isn't it? Forks or hands? Oh, yeah, forks or forks hands. Forks or hands. Good point. I um, I was, you know, I was always historically rubbish using chopsticks in the UK when I went to like a Chinese or Japanese restaurant. But I went on a trip to China for a month uh, with a group from my university. And in China, when you go out for like lunch or dinner with a group, you get around a big round table and you get all the plates and they're in a, a sort of thing in the middle that spins around. Mm. And it is a battle to the death. You know, you've got to get your food quick so mm. your friends don't, and you've got to eat the food before they do. If you go, if you get trapped on a desert island with me, you are fucked because I will eat the food before you do. But I, <laughs> I was rubbish at chopsticks, but I got very good in the space of like the first 72 hours in China because I realized if I wasn't good, if I didn't move swiftly, mm. then I wouldn't get all the prawn crackers and egg fried rice that I deserve. <laughs> so I genuinely, you, you find once you just get there in the heat at the moment, you will mm. get better. You will improve. But just, just get a bucket of rice and get practicing. 
Do you not think that, I, I mean, I'm mean, very much enjoying the image of you on a desert island by yourself and one friend with a fucking lazy Susan and the dishes you've made, a monkey and a pineapple that you found on the island. Just on this a lazy monkey Susan. and a pineapple. <laughs> That's the peak diet. Oh, oh, through through. Through. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's new keto. Um, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I think eating egg fried rice, that, I mean, that must be the enemy of chopsticks because the oil separates the grains of the rice and it mm. makes it actually quite hard to pick up. You've got it's got to be quite dry. Uh, sticky rice is the easiest to eat, and that and that does help you in Japan because most of the rice you see at like breakfast and meal times, curries and stuff, they mm. they uh, they have uh, it's quite sticky rice. It's quite it's quite true, easy to to bunch up on your chopstick, however you hold to it, want to hold them. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. The rice is so much easier to eat here than say uh, like China. I find the rice mm. all sort of clumps together quite nicely. So mm. you got that to your advantage, Ankit. But don't worry, I'm sure I get the hang of it. <laughs> You'll be fine. We've got one here yeah. from Jason. He said, hello, Pete and Chris. My name is Jason from Missouri. Love the podcast. My question is, is it normal in Japan to take home doggy bags, aka leftovers from restaurants? The serving sizes in restaurants here in rural Missouri are often so large that taking half of your meal home is almost guaranteed. Keep up the good mm. work, guys. All the best. Jason. Um, it's, it's... I'd say it's not as common as the UK or the US, but it does exist. Like certain restaurants do it. Like they don't, the culture of not leaving too much food behind is a big one in Japan. They say like, uh, like uh, culture is kind of like, don't waste things. Even though the country wastes an awful lot of plastic and an awful lot of everything <laughs> and they individually wrap bananas. But anyway, that's a topic for another day. Um, they don't leave things behind here in Japan. They, they eat it all. Um, so, it's common, but I think some restaurants, if you were like doggy bag on a geisha mass, first of all, they would know they wouldn't know what the hell you were on about, and second of all, some of them wouldn't do it. So I don't know. Take it on a case by case situation, to be honest, Jason. But I think you'll find the portions in Japan do not come anywhere close to the sort of bucket load of food you get in America. Like I, you no. know, whenever I go to America, which is twice. I'm always shocked and disturbed by how much bang for your buck you get at any restaurant. Like it's mm. an order of magnitude more than Japan or the UK. And um, yeah, it's, it's a bit mental to be honest. How do they do it? How do, Ameri- how do you American folks eat so much food? It's mental. <laughs> most times, I guess most times you're in a situation in, in Japan where uh, if you want in, in the menu, there's always like you can ask for more rice. You can ask for like a bigger portion if you want. And it's never yeah, yeah. much more money. You can just sort of go, uh, you can have an extra, extra big uh, portion, but they just don't want to waste food. It's not even about how much bang for the buck you, you're getting. It's just uh, that they don't want to waste food. And, and uh, I have on more than one occasion sort of gone to one of those little uh, machines in a ramen shop or a, or, a, or a sort of set sort of um, curry shop or something and, and pressed too many buttons and ordered three family-sized <laughs> meals uh, ridiculously. So I've had to sort of go, Oki Tsugiru, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> well, that's size, a good hurry. point. <laughs> it's true, actually. You do, like, with um, a lot of restaurants, like, say... Uh, Tonkatsu, one of my favorite dishes, tonkatsu, breaded pork mm. cutlet. You get all you can eat, like uh, cabbage, and all you eat, all you can eat rice, right? So the amount mm. you get for a lot of people, when I go with Natsuki, it's never enough cabbage, it's never enough rice. So you just mm. order it again. And so mm. I think that they sort of handle it better in Japan in that way. They don't just shove a load of food on a plate. They sort of bring it out, course, you know, at your whim and at your desire. Yeah. And uh, that, that leads to a lot less wastage. Uh, we've got one here from Ario. 
I will let you handle that, Pete, because I'm going to have a sip of my cafe latte. Oh, latte. Uh, dear Chris, Chris, what time did you get to bed uh, this morning? I got to bed at seven o'clock in the morning, Pete, because I was uploading a video about that- the Abroad in Japan studio, which we'll talk about in the next episode. But uh, you know what? I feel... I feel alive, and I don't know how. You feel alive now. I felt, yeah. I'm just, just excited to, to be talking to you, Pete. It's the highlight <laughs> of my <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> I, like the idea, I like the idea of you sitting in your uh, deserted um, Akihabara street or whatever, your dirty, dirty little street, <laughs> until six o'clock in the morning, and then leaving, walking outside in Sendai, and it being daytime almost immediately. So you go from nighttime to daytime really, really quickly. Amazing. It's true. I, when that I went to true. bed, the sun was up, and it looked absolutely beautiful. And then I died. <laughs> and then I died. <laughs> Ario from Germany. Hello, Ario. Um, uh, Dear Chris and Pete, my name is Ario. Uh, in case you don't know how to pronounce it, it's a bit like Oreo, but it starts with an A. I'm an Indonesian uh, person uh, living in Germany, and I am Muslim. I'm interested to move in Japan someday, even though in the last few years I've heard that Japan has become more Muslim-friendly. Uh, this is one of the things I wanted to make sure of beforehand. So my question is, what are the chances of finding halal uh, a halal butchery, uh, or at least Middle Eastern shop, in Japan, Ariel from Germany. How, I, I mean, Japan is kind of famous, even in its most metropolitan areas, mm-hmm. uh, as being not particularly diverse. But there are, of course, like there are in any kind of city, uh, little pockets of, of where you can find sort of, uh, you know, um, you know, Middle Eastern um, interest mm-hmm. uh, shops, I suppose, where you can buy buy the, the food that you like and, and the food that you eat and the food that, that, that religiously you can eat. Um, but once you get, would it be fair to say that once you get out of the, the the Tokyo metropolitan district, it becomes a little bit harder? That's a fair assumption. Yeah, I think that there's a sizable population from um, Indonesia, I think Malaysia, and a few Muslim-speaking countries, a few Muslim countries. Mm. Sorry, and uh, I, yeah, certainly in the cities, Tokyo, even Sendai, you can find halal meat without too much difficulty. Mm. It's if you go into the countryside, then I think that's the only time you'll have. Um, a few issues. Like I, I don't think I've been to many yaki niku restaurants, like grilled meat restaurants, where they serve like halal food outside of cities. But uh, I think you're, as long as you're in a city, I think you'll be okay. To be honest, uh, Ario, I don't think you'll be too bad. To be honest, uh, yeah, no, there, there, there is a there is a, a, a sizable population uh, from in, Indonesia growing in places like Tokyo. So I think you'll be all right. I don't think it'll be too much of an issue. Mm. Um, but if any of our listeners have any kind of experience in that field, let us know. Keep the questions and stories coming in to a Japan podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back next week, or rather on Saturday or Sunday, to do it all over again. I still don't know the day. It's Sunday, isn't it? We'll be back then to do it all over again on the Abroad Japan podcast. But for now, guys, no matter where you might be, out there in the big wide world, have yourself a great few days. We'll see you then to do it all over again right here on the Abroad Japan podcast. Bye for now. Japan is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.